Dear Theophilus, in the first volume of this book, I wrote on everything that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he said goodbye to the apostles, the ones he had chosen through the Holy Spirit and was taken up to heaven. After his death, he presented himself alive to them in many different settings over a period of 40 days. In face-to-face meetings, he talked to them about things concerning the kingdom of God. As they met and ate meals together, he told them that they were on no accounts to leave Jerusalem, but must wait for what the Father promised, the promise you have heard from me. John baptized you in water. You will be baptized in the Holy Spirit and soon. When they were together for the last time, they asked, Master, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? Is this the time? He told them, you do not get to know the time. Timing is the Father's business. What you will get is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes to you, you will be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all over Judea and Samaria, even to the ends of the world. These were his last words. As they watched, he was taken up and disappeared in a cloud. They stood there, staring into an empty sky. Suddenly, two men appeared in white robes. They said, you Galileans, why do you just stand here looking up at an empty sky? This very Jesus who was taken up from among you to heaven will come as certainly and mysteriously as he left. Why do you just stand here looking at an empty sky? On Monday, I had planned on preaching on this, the first chapter of Acts, which is connected with Ascension Sunday. I had planned on trying to stay connected with what Reverend Dr. Martin Atkins would be using. I had planned on emphasizing this tug I had been feeling, particularly for verse 11. After Jesus ascends into heaven and the disciples are still standing there gazing upward and these two men in white robes suddenly appear and they say, why do you just keep looking up? And to me, it was like there was this connection with the Easter story in which Jesus says, why do you look for the living among the dead? And I plan to preach about how it can be easy to just keep looking up, looking up toward that ascension slash Easter Jesus, who we may have been taught is above us in that sweet by and by looking down upon us but that we need to remember the mission that we have been given as his disciples here in this world, continuing to share the good news. That was the plan. And then the world broke again. And the cycle started over. Thoughts and prayers. We have to do something. It is not a this issue 
it is a this issue. Gun control versus gun rights. Republicans versus Democrats, liberals versus conservatives, shouts and displays of public protest, which lawmakers and lobbyists have the privilege of ignoring. Every pundit on a screen having the answer. And we all play our part. We all keep looking up. One of my film professors from college, Kevin Wilmot, co-wrote a movie with Spike Lee several years ago called Chirac. It's sort of a retelling of Shakespeare's Lysistrata in the context of the gang violence in Chicago. At one point in the story, a little girl is killed in the midst of these gang shootings. And during the funeral, the preacher preaches a fiery sermon. In fact, it's incredibly powerful. I would invite you to YouTube it. Just type in John Cusack, Chirac, funeral. It's an incredible message. And of course, the people are responding and they're angry with him and they're praising with him. But in the midst of that, you see the mother by the casket. As though she is separate and isolated from all of it, because all she can do is grieve. And while everyone else is shouting and professing and reacting, later she and she alone goes to the place where her daughter was killed, and she is the one who washes the blood from the street. The blood of her child. The last physical piece of her daughter that she will ever see in this world. Diana Butler Bass, who I've mentioned before, a professor and theologian, posted just a few days ago, in November 2018, following the massacre in Thousand Oaks, California, Bishops United Against Gun Violence, an activist group of bishops in the Episcopal Church, offered a litany in the wake of a mass shooting to commemorate the dead to comfort their loved ones, and to honor survivors and first responders. Since then, she writes, they have regularly and sadly updated the litany. And the litany is as follows. God of peace, we remember all those who have died in incidents of mass gun violence in this nation's public and private spaces. Six at the Wisconsin Sikh Temple. Twelve at an Aurora, Colorado movie theater. Twenty-eight at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut. Six at Santa Monica College, California. Seven at a Hialeah, Florida apartment complex. Thirteen at the Washington Navy Yard. Four at Fort Hood, Texas. Six in Isla Vista near UC Santa Barbara. Five at Marysville Pilchuck High School in Washington. Nine at Emanuel AME in Charleston, South Carolina. Sixteen at a San Bernardino, California office. Nine at Umpqua Community College, Oregon. Six in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Four at a Heston, Kansas office. Five at a Wilkinsburg, Pennsylvania backyard party. Fifty at Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida. 
Five at Cascade Mall in Burlington, Washington. Five at Fort Lauderdale Airport. Four in Fresno, California. Eight in Lincoln County, Mississippi. Four at an Eaton Township, Pennsylvania supermarket. Nine at a Plano, Texas football watching party. Fifty-nine at a Las Vegas, Nevada concert. Twenty-seven at First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs, Texas. Seventeen at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Four at the Veterans Home in Uniteville, California. Four at a Nashville, Tennessee Waffle House. Ten at Santa Fe High School, Texas. Five at the Capital Gazette newspaper in Annapolis, Maryland. Four at the Fifth Third Center in Cincinnati, Ohio. Four at a Rite Aid Distribution Center in Aberdeen, Maryland. Eleven at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Thirteen at a bar in Thousand Oaks, California. Five at a bank in Sebring, Florida. Six at an industrial park in Aurora, Illinois. Four at a home in Clinton, Mississippi. Thirteen at a municipal building in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Four at the Gilroy Garlic Festival in Gilroy, California. Twenty-two at a Walmart in El Paso, Texas. Ten at the Oregon District of downtown Dayton, Ohio. Eight on the road between the cities of Odessa and Midland, Texas. Four at a bar in Kansas City, Kansas. Six at a cemetery and kosher market in Jersey City, New Jersey. Six at the Molson Coors Complex in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Five at a convenience store in Springfield, Missouri. Eight at three spas in Atlanta, Georgia. Ten at a grocery store in Boulder, Colorado. Four at an office complex in Orange, California. Six at a home in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Nine at a FedEx facility in Indianapolis, Indiana. Seven at a birthday party in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Ten at a rail yard in San Jose, California. Four at Oxford High School in Oxford Township, Michigan. Five in Lakewood in Denver, Colorado. Five at the church in Sacramento, California. Six in downtown Sacramento, California. Ten at a supermarket in Buffalo, New York. Twenty-one at Robb Elementary School. And one at a home in Uvalde, Texas. Why do we just stand here looking up at an empty sky? Where are we looking? Because wherever we're looking, we are not seeing a way out. Or 
maybe we do see the way out. Maybe we have always seen it, but we would just rather keep looking up. Jesus prepares the disciples that he will leave. And I wonder if this were to happen today, if Jesus were here today and he was going to tell us that he was going to leave, we might say, are you crazy? Take a look at this world. Look at what we're doing to each other. Look at what we're doing to our planet. You cannot possibly leave. We need you here now more than ever. In Stephen King's story, The Green Mile, a prisoner on death row is discovered to have several extraordinary abilities, including curing of illness, even cancer, but also being able to experience other people's thoughts and feelings. And when this inmate is finally scheduled to be executed, the head guard sits with him alone and asks if he wants to, if he wants them to help him escape. And he says, I'm ready to go. I'm tired. Mostly I'm tired of people being ugly to each other. It's like pieces of glass in my head all the time. It is time for us to stop looking up. It is time for us to stop looking up to the catharsis of being a prophet on social media it is time for us to stop looking up to thoughts and prayers to stop looking up to that quote something must be done to stop looking up in reaction to stop looking up and start looking forward to the people to the humanity around us right now Let us look forward to the person, to the people who are standing right in front of us and with our God-given ability of empathy to see the humanity in each and every one of us because that is where Jesus is now. We may say that we are looking for Jesus. Jesus is in every single one of us. We are meant to keep going, to continue what Jesus did. We do not wait for Jesus. We continue his ministry. Often when I think about First United Methodist Church of Lakeland, Florida, I think of a grandparent's house. It's huge and it's vast. And it's beautiful and, and there are things that we are not allowed to touch because they're very old and they might be fragile, they're pristine. But then there's also places where we can leave our thumbprints. There are places where we can have snacks. There are places where even we can spill our juice. There are places that we can romp and enjoy and have fun. And there are rooms that are set aside for those big people conversations. Most importantly, our church, like the home of our grandparents, is the place where we go, where everything else is crashing down around us, where it feels like our world has been turned upside down and everything is overwhelming and it feels like it will fall apart. 
in those moments, we don't need cool graphics. We don't need hip preaching. We don't need entertainment. We need resiliency. We need dependability. We need to know that the love and care that is embodied in this place is going to be stronger than the fear and the terror and the horror that we see in the world around us. That is who we are. And that's what we're going to do. So write your letters, make your phone calls, send your emails, let our leaders and representatives know what you think, how you feel as a part of this community, as a United Methodist, as a follower of Jesus Christ. But maybe even more importantly, be there for our children. Be there for our youth. Be there for our teachers. And not just the children in our own immediate and extended family. Also be here for the children of our church. Contact me or Pastor David or Pastor Nikki if you have questions about how to do that. Contact Christy Moore, who's our director of children's ministries. Contact uh, Emily and Megan, who are directors of our youth ministries. Simply ask the question, how can I help? And not just, with, not just with the programming, not just with the events. How can I help our children? Because no matter how heartbroken, how weary, how angry, how numb we as adults may feel, we must consider what our children and our youth go through every single time this happens. Because in many ways, every single time, it happens to them. And they are the ones who have to live in this reality and our teachers. Why do we keep looking up at an empty sky? The kingdom of God is here. Let's stop looking up and let us look forward because now it is our turn. And so as we take those steps, whatever those steps may be, I invite us first to participate in this litany together, which will be on our screen. I will read the parts of the leader, and you will respond as God's people. All those who have died in any incident of gun violence give to the departed eternal rest. Let light perpetual shine upon them. For survivors of gun violence, grant them comfort and healing. Hear us, Lord. For those who have lost loved ones to gun violence, grant them peace. Hear us, Lord. For those first responders who care for victims of gun violence, protect and strengthen them. Hear us, Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. I don't, I don't know if it, this was done on purpose, but as I was looking at the lyrics, I was noticing the, the video footage of the current, of the stream. 
And there were some pieces that, that were nice and calm and, you know, you could just kind of sit there and, and float and just look up at the sky and everything would be nice and beautiful and safe. And then there were some rocks and it would have been harder to go through those pieces. I don't know if all of that was put together on purpose, but to me it was a reminder that it could be so easy to just stay in in the soft part of the current where things are are slow and and safe and, and steady and we could just enjoy our time as good Christian people. The reality is the current of life takes us into very rocky terrain at times. And that is not the time for us to just keep looking and gazing up into the sky. It is a time for us to look forward and make sure that all of us get through it safely. And that we grieve when we pain against the rocks, but we keep moving forward. We go forward because Christ is still with us. Christ has ascended in the story, but as Christ says, and as we will be reminded next week, we are not left alone. Next week is Pentecost, the remembrance and the celebration of the Holy Spirit coming upon the world and coming upon humanity. And what does that mean? And what does that mean, especially in such a hard and emotional time? Let us remember that this can be a place that we can be a people whose love is bigger and stronger than any tragedy, any horror, any anger we may be facing. And it doesn't erase that anger and that horror, but it does give us a path forward. Let us stop looking up and avoiding what is around us. Let us go through together and realize that God leads us. And so, as always, may we go in peace. Amen.